Today, we are digging into how to write a book for your business with the amazing Julianne Eason. This amazing woman helps business people write and publish world-changing books that inspire, educate, and sell. She is an author, speaker, and CEO of Thanet House Books, a boutique book production company that helps people through the entire process from early book development to writing, publishing, and distribution. She's ghostwritten multi-million dollar books for thought leaders and influencers such as Russell Brunson in a wide variety of industries, including the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestsellers. Julianne's passion is helping mission-driven entrepreneurs and subject matter experts change the world through written word. And she's here today to tell you that writing your first book will not only do really good things for your business, your thought leadership, and your credibility, but also that it is not as hard and time-consuming as you probably think it is. I mean, she wrote a book for a locksmith in just one week, and she totally made me want to write a book for my business too. Julianne is a wealth of knowledge and I hope she will get you as excited as she got me about the potential and the process of becoming a published author. So let's dig in. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Julie. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to talk to you about writing books today. How are you? I'm so happy and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yay. So I need to know a little bit about you and what you do. Let's hear it. So, okay. I have been a freelance slash entrepreneurial person in the writing world for almost 30 years now. I started as a journalist and it was literally just something I read a magazine article and I said, well, I can write better than that. So, so I brazenly approached some magazines and I would, I did that for a very long time. And then not 11 happened. And the entire industry of writing for magazines as an actual job that would pay the bills kind of tanked because they were slowly moving online, but they had not figured out the monetization of moving online. So they just figured, oh, it's this article that we would normally pay you $2,000 for. We'll pay you 35 because it's just for the web. And yeah, <laughs> so people were like, okay, time to find a new source of income. So I pivoted to copywriting and I stayed in copywriting for a very long time. And it was wonderful. I had so much fun learning all about marketing and how words can actually influence the entire world. But then my clients started wanting books and literally they would just come to me and say, can you write a book? I'm like, sure. I said, that's my motto. If, if someone asks you if you're a God, you say yes, right? Right. <laughs> Yes, of course I can write a book and then you figure it out. So that's what I did. I literally responded to my clients' needs. And if they needed me to write a book, I would write a book. Then they started trying to publish things on their own and they were just 
destroying the books. And I'm like, okay, let me learn publishing because I can't watch this happen to all these beautiful words. So we've slowly developed. Now we have a full service publishing company and we do, we do everything from writing to editing, to book development, to project development, to publishing and distribution, mainly for fiction authors, not fiction, nonfiction business authors, because I come from the business world and I love working with entrepreneurs they are the people who really can drive change in the world. And books are an amazing way to do that. Amazing. So let's talk a little bit more about that. What are the benefits for an entrepreneur writing their own book? So right now, the content revolution it has hit the red ocean stage where everything that we are inundated with information. There is no information that we can't find just by asking Siri or, <laughs> or Alexa or going somewhere just at the touch of a button. We have more information than we could possibly handle. And so information is not a problem anymore. What is a problem is trust, credibility, and where you stand in the hierarchy or in the ladder of all your competitors and all of the people who are kind of competing for the same clients and the same customers. So having a book, we are raised from some of us before birth to know that reading is extremely important, right? That was your first big kid job you had to do in school was learn how to read. And where were all the answers to the questions? In the book. All the tests, you had to study the book, right? So we are raised with this innate understanding that the printed word and books are exceedingly important and authors are very, very special. We all had our favorite authors growing up. We all knew that, oh my gosh, someday I want to write a book. I have a book inside me. I know that I have this. So writing a book to build your business is just so smart because it lifts your credibility to a point where it's like, oh, that person wrote the book on my topic. So I'm going to go look for that. Nobody anymore really goes looking for blog posts about a topic. If they're really searching for something, they're going to go to a book. They're going to go to the author of whatever's going to solve their problem. That's, that's it in a, in a long, long nutshell. Absolutely. And I think it's just a beautiful way to decorate your resume. I mean, let's be honest, if you can call yourself a book author, that's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty jazzy, I'll say. So I think probably most listeners are listening to this and thinking like, okay, it sounds lovely, but I've got zero time for it. So can you walk me through the process, what it kind of looks like, what the time commitment is, that kind of thing? Right. So my first book that I wrote took me 16 years. <laughs> and the only reason That's I kind of how long I thought it would take. <laughs> the only reason I finished it was because I just was so stubborn. I'm like, I have got to finish this book. And it was a fiction book. And it was, you know, I started it when I was 16. And it was just, it wasn't anything that was ever going to like launch me into stardom or anything. But it was just the stubbornness of like, I'm going to finish this book because books were very important to me growing up. I love reading. So then the next book I had to write for a client, I had a week. I literally had a week to write this whole book because he had an appearance on a national radio show. He was a locksmith of all things. Like people say, oh, my business could never have a book. I'm like, listen, I've written a book for a locksmith. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Your business can totally use a book. Yeah. So I only had a week. So I had to figure out how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? So I basically reverse engineered a process that makes it impossible to fail as long as you're dedicated to the topic and you don't allow the squirrels to kind of pull you off track. And this is a workshop, right? So I can just, can I go forward and just teach this process? To Please people? do. Absolutely. Yeah. This is brilliant and you can use it for 
anything that you're writing, it can be used for speeches, it can be used for content, it can be used for articles, blog posts, anything that you're doing. So correct me if I'm wrong, I'm American, you're Canadian. When I was in school, when we learned how to write, we had to write an outline, right? Did you have to write an outline? I did. I had to write an intro, a body, and a conclusion. Right. Beginning, a middle, and an end. And was that outline in Roman numerals and capital letters and little letters and very formatted? I don't recall it being that organized. Okay. We we were forced to follow very specific formatting, and the formatting was more important than the content. Okay. was stupid, but that's how they taught us in the 80s and the 70s. Like that's what that's just what it was. So we learned very well what the Roman numerals were up to about 12. And that was so important. So anyway, what we learned basically was to write outlines in bullet point format. So if anybody has ever even tried to write a book or tried to write an outline for a book, they're going to be writing bullet points and topics. Which sounds like of course you've got to outline your book. You've got to know where you're going. That makes total sense, right? The problem is with the form of the bullet points, because if you say, hey, Kelly, and I can't even do it wrong anymore. I'm trying to do it wrong. Workshops, go. And I'm supposed to come up with an outline for that? No, no, just just the topic, like content, workshops. Oh, oh very good. Okay, okay, I see. Brainstorming. Just, well, the problem is, is that it's not a question. It's a statement. And when you have an outline full of statements... You get logjam. People think, oh, I'm writer, I'm blocked. I can't do this, you know, or whatever. It's like, it's not that you can't do it. And it's not that you don't know enough. And it's not that what you have to say isn't valuable. It's that you're looking at a statement. But if I say, hey, Kelly, why should I attend a workshop? You know exactly what to say, right? Hey, Kelly, who should attend this workshop? Aha. Uh-huh. So I get yeah, it. So, so instead of a statement, it becomes a question, a question. And then it's so much easier to come up with the content. It's a question-based outline. And when you have a question-based outline, number one, you will never, ever, ever run out of content because you just keep asking more questions. And number two, you are able to make progress in 10 minutes at a time. Because if you're answering one question and it takes you more than 10 minutes, you either don't know what you're talking about or you need to ask more questions. You need to break it down more because people's attention spans have wandered off. I just got excited because it (laughs) suddenly makes so much sense, right? Because when you think about the reader's journey, they're full of questions about your topic. So if you're strategically answering those questions with the content of your book, it's going to be magical for them. And it just makes writing it so much easier. It is. And so, but what questions do you ask? How do you know what questions to ask? Because you know so much. I don't care if you are in, have only been in business for two years. If you get results for somebody, if you help them with something, or if you sell something, you have enough expertise to write a book. And people have questions when they come to you, even if you're brand new, and you know enough to educate them when they're talking with you on the phone. So there's no reason you can't educate them in a book. But you have to come up with the right way to do that and the right questions to answer. Now, you could go ahead and just answer like whatever the sales objections are that people come up with, which is fine. But then your book ends up sounding like a sales letter. As soon as people pick up on that, they're like in the trash. This person is just trying to sell me on something. We don't want that feeling, although you are trying to sell them on something. So you have to reverse engineer from the goal that you have. So if your goal is to sell a physical product, then you need to move people from point A, which is where they are right now with a need or a problem to point B, which is the end of the book, which is the conversion point, 
to purchase your physical product. If you're a coach, let's say, or you have a, a system or you're a, maybe you're, you have a lot of creatives, right? So maybe you have somebody who you want them to come in and book a photography session. Well, your book might have something to do with, hey, I need headshots and I don't know what to wear or I, okay, what to wear. That doesn't even make sense. I don't know how to style my makeup for a headshot. So that's where they are right now is they have questions and they don't know what to do. And should I invest money in a professional? Should I go with a business portrait or should I try something more? See all these questions coming out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it sounds a lot like kind of, we've talked on the podcast many times about ideal customers and sort of digging into their heads and finding out what it is that they're missing and what their questions are and what language they use. Yes. So that's straight up copywriting 101, which is beautiful. When you are reverse engineering from your goal, it helps to give you some boundaries and some parameters around what information to include in this outline and what questions to answer because you know too much. And I have what's called the five author freakouts. There are five predictable places that you're going to get stuck and how to get stuck. The first one is I have a book inside me. It's all in my head. I know so much information, but I can't get it out of my brain. And that's because you're thinking from the inside out. You're going inside your head and you're thinking, what do I want to write about? What is a big mess in there. <laughs> it's a big mess in there because you have so much information. It's a lot. Yeah. Of Everything that you've ever learned that you want to share with the world is fighting to get out of your brain and onto that page. So you end up with a log jam, which a lot of people call writer's block. The fact is you need to just switch your perspective. So instead of thinking from the inside out, you need to think from the outside in. And if you think of that target audience, who is reading this book and what do they need to know? Oh, I love that. It gives me the goosebumps. You don't, it's worth repeating. You yes. don't need to write your book from the inside out. You need to write your book from the outside in. Beautiful statement. I love that. Because you can write more than one book. You have permission to write 75 books if you want to. Yes. And I guess the point is that it's actually not you driving the content in the book. It's the person who's going to be reading it. It just makes so much sense. And then, so once you have your target audience, then you need to go to your purpose. So what is the purpose of the book? The purpose of the book is to take people on a journey from point A to point B. They need to have some sort of transformation, even if it's as mind blowing as now I know how to do my eyes for my headshot, my headshot, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be crazy, like philosophically life changing. It can be something as simple as should I arch my eyebrows or shouldn't I? That can be as simple as it needs to be. But you have to take them on that journey from point A where they are now and the questions that they have to point B, which is where they will be when they are ready to move forward in your business. Right. And I noticed that you said the questions that they have and not the objections that they have. Well, those can be questions. The questions can be objections because then it's like, yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about the fact that I'm an albino? I don't know. I have some yeah. with the eyebrow thing. I don't know why. Probably because yours are so gorgeous. But <laughs> thank you. I drew them myself. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's like, it's a matter of figuring out what are the objections that you always get and what is the real question they're asking. The real question they're asking is not how do I draw on my eyebrows? The real question they're asking is how can I look professional and confident when maybe I don't feel confident all the time? Maybe I'm really nervous about getting my picture taken. Maybe I just think I'm terrible. I'm not photogenic or whatever, like all those objections, or I don't have enough money 
So therefore, I'm going to focus on some flaw that I have or I've perceived about myself so that I don't get it done because I'm afraid of how much it's going to cost. Right. So what is the real objection? What is the real question? And if you can confidently, easily answer those questions and then all of this, it just melts away. One of the big, huge objections about writing a book is, especially when they come to me for full packages of ghostwriting and publishing, I mean, it's fifty dollars to $100,000, is, oh, I don't know, <laughs> how am I going to pay for that, right? Some, some people, it's easy, and they know they're going to make millions off the back end of that book, not a problem, but other people, it's a big stretch. And I have, in my book, I just am like, here you go, here's five ways that you can actually have your book, all the things that you need to pay for, here's how we pay for them. Maybe you get a sponsor. Maybe you host a workshop and you use the proceeds. You know, maybe you create the book and a course that go together and you do the course as a paid thing. Like there's a lot of different ways that you can fund your book. Maybe you do a crowdfunding campaign. Lots of ways to handle that. And that's an objection that's kind of silent. And one that they don't want to say is that I can't afford it. Right. But if you just gently give them, here's five ways that you can afford it. Without bringing up the idea that that's an objection, you just know it's an objection. Yeah. And if I've learned anything, it's that cost is almost always an objection. And it actually doesn't really teach you a whole lot about the reason why the person is objecting, because what they truthfully believe is that it's not worth it. So it's kind of like, okay, you need to dig a little deeper and either understand why they think it's not worth it or convince them that it is. It's not just that it's not worth it. It's that I'm not worth it, especially in a creative field. Yes, definitely. I'm not, maybe I'm not worth it. I mean, that really is what, what everything comes down to is, do I deserve this? Am I worth this? Am I enough? Am I doing enough? All the things that happen on the surface with this is, this is costing too much. It's taking too much time. I'm blah, 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 blah. All the things come way down deep into, am I enough? Am I worth it? Do I deserve this? Not can I afford it? Because we can always find the money. Always. Mm -hmm, Exactly. It's a matter of, is this going to solve a problem that I have? Is this going to solve a need that I have or a want that I have? And do I give myself permission to have it, basically? So do you have ways that you recommend that people sort of dig into the person that they are picturing becoming the recipient or the reader of the book? Is there is there a structured? We don't really have to do that because with a business person, they know their avatar. If they don't know their avatar, they definitely have other work to do before they write a book. It's who is going to buy whatever it is. That's why we're reverse engineering. What is the goal, audience, purpose, goal? What is the goal for the book? What do you want it to do for you? Do you want people to hire you to speak? Do you want people to hire your services? Do you want people to come to your agency? Do you want people to buy a physical product? Do you want them to come to your event? Do you want them to donate to your charity? Any of those things are great goals. But if each one has a different book that needs to go to it, probably. So you think about the goal and you reverse engineer it and then you know exactly what to say. Amazing. So is there a certain journey that your chapters should follow? How does that all work? What does that look like? So the chapters are, think about the milestones of where of that journey. I really need to get headshots done for my business, but I'm scared and I don't know. I don't know if they're going to turn out good. I think I'm going to make the wrong decision of all these things, right? So what are the steps that you would take someone through to get to the point where they're ready to say, oh my God, Kelly, let's do it. That's just one example. There's lots of different things and different ways that you can structure a book. It depends on most people that we work with have frameworks. They're, They're all high level thought leaders. And so they have things that they teach all the time. So we go through their frameworks 
So we have a system, I guess it's a system, it's a philosophy called Inspire, Educate, Sell. And you have to, every book should inspire, educate, and it should sell. And by sell, I don't mean sell a lot of copies. I mean, it's going to sell an idea to whoever it is that is reading the book so that they buy into what you're selling, right? So you need to inspire so that they believe they can do it. I believe I can get a good headshot. I believe I can secure my school, which is what the locksmith was about. It was right after a school shooting. He was a security expert. And he was like, you guys are going crazy with all of these like police in the schools and things like there's things you can do right now that just involve hardware and not a lot of money. Let me help you. So you inspire them to believe they can do it. Then you educate them so that they know how to do it. Because if they are only inspired, they'll be like, yes, I can do it. I have no idea how I need to go read another book by some other author. Right? That doesn't help you. It doesn't help your business. It just gets them psyched up, but then they go somewhere else for the solution. So you inspire them so they know that they can do it. You educate them so they know how to do it. How do I choose a great photographer for business headshots? How are business headshots different from wedding shots? Why can't I just use my sister? She's got a camera. Why can't I just use my cell phone? Those are educational pieces. And there are any number of steps that may be involved. There is any number of frameworks that may be involved but you're educating them so they know how to do it. And people will say, oh, but I'm giving away my secret sauce. No, you're not. They need to know ahead of time. They will not buy something blind. If they read it and they're like, oh my God, yes, I get it now. I could do this myself or my sister could do it, but I'm not going to, I don't trust her. I'm going to, I'm going to go with this person. That's the sale piece. So you sell additional resources and support so that they will do it. Got it. Not enough to believe you can and know how they have to have the internal motivation to actually get it freaking done, whatever it is. And that's where you're leading them from your book to your website, leading them onto a mailing list, actually following up with them, all those kinds of things. Oh, hello there. Quick question for you. Does taking a great brand or product photo feel like a code you simply can't crack? Do you want to give up trying to create visual assets for your business before you've even started? Well, you're about to discover the secrets to taking powerful brand and product photos while strategically sharing them in a way that will serve your bottom line without adding hours of learning to your already packed up calendar. If you're a business owner, maker, influencer, or affiliate marketer, you already know that showing up online with beautiful imagery is super important. That's why I created this free online training especially for you to level up your brand and create the kind of imagery that catches the eye of your customer, the kind of imagery you can be proud of. During this retraining, you will learn my four-step framework for taking brand and product photos that will help you improve your sales and attract more customers without being salesy. You will also learn the top four mistakes most people make with brand and product photos and why these mistakes are costing them major profits. So are you ready to up-level your visual brand assets? I thought so. For a limited time only, grab your seat for my free training at kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. That's kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. I am so excited to be your teacher and I'll see you in class. We've got the most stellar outline created now because we know our ideal customer avatars so 
well that we've created this beautiful outline journey. The book is just going to be amazing. But what happens next? Because I've created the outline, but I still don't have time to write the rest of the book. Okay. Remember that the outline is in questions. Every single thing on it is a question. You just start answering the questions. And you can answer them on an audio recording. You can answer them in a video, like maybe you do a webinar where you answer a bunch of the questions. You can do them as individual social media posts if you want to. You can write them out if you prefer to write. Introverts prefer to write. Mm -hmm. Extroverts prefer to speak. Interesting. It's okay if you are more comfortable typing and never speaking on a, on a Facebook Live or whatever. It's okay if you prefer speaking and you don't ever want to write. Both people can have books. It's fine. All you're doing is you're answering the questions. And the beautiful thing about having this outline set up this way, and there may be 100 questions, there may be 150 questions, because every little piece is broken down. What is the Inspire and Educate Sell framework? That's a question. Okay, let me go into it. Here's what is Inspire. Why do we need to inspire? Who do we inspire? How do we do that? Then educate. So it's all the questions. You have 10 minutes at a time. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get through that outline, but you answer all the questions. Little bits of time. You don't have to force yourself to sit down. There's the butt in chair method where it's like, sit down an hour. Even if you never write more than a sentence, you have to sit there for one hour and it's all willpower and force. And like it's war. Stephen Pressfield has a book called The War of Art. And it's just like resistance and you are at war. And I'm like, no, you and creativity are together and you are creating something. And you have to be in a state of flow and ease or you are never going to get it done. It's always gonna, you're going to bump into one of the five author freakouts and you're going to be like, I can't do this. I mean, I have people come to me after nine years of trying to write their own books and they're like, I just can't do this. And then we do it. It does take time. It's, you know, a good six months to a year before you actually have a finished book. If you're using a traditional publisher, it's going to be two or three years before you actually get your book published. That's just the way it works because there's a lot of steps. But getting the draft out of your head is the hardest part. And if you have questions to answer, you just answer the questions. And the other thing that's cool is you don't have to answer them in order. Right. Because that can come later. Yeah. Well, no, you have the, the outline is in order. And once you read it, so the third author freak out is when you read your first draft and you go, oh, this is not very good. Everybody does it. And that's because you're seeing your own content from a different perspective. You're seeing it as the customer and as the reader. And you're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense at all. I need to re-explain that. You're on your own journey as you become an author. You are becoming better at teaching what you teach. You are becoming better at explaining. You are becoming better at selling and becoming way more intimately in touch with your audience because of this whole, and it sometimes is painful process of creating a book. It's not like you're just going to, there's a lot of products out there like book in a box and book in a weekend and like here, just speak out these, the answers to this template and you'll have a book. You can do that, but it's going to be disappointing. It's going to be embarrassing. You're not going to sell it to anybody. You're not going to want to give it to anybody. So let's not do that. Yeah. So many clients come to me and they're just like, yeah, I wrote a book that way. And I'm so embarrassed. I never, I don't even tell anybody (laughs) that that I'm an author because they thought they could shortcut the process. And they thought somebody sold them a system where it was super easy and fast. And my system is fast, but it's still going to take time and thought because you are actually creating something that's going to last. You're creating something that's going to influence people for 10, 20, 50 years. And it's going to create something that's going to help your business and sell for you for decades. Right. So you mentioned a couple of times the five 
author freakouts, or maybe I didn't word that properly. What are the five author freakouts? Well, we talked about two of them. The first author freakout is when you know you have a book inside you, you really want to write a book, but it's all stuck in your head and you just don't know how to get out of it. You're like, I don't know how to write this down. Or you have a million different, maybe a four book ideas. Most people come to me and they're like, well, this is the book I'm working on now, but this is the book I really want to write. So they have like the book of their heart and they have the book that they're kind of practicing on, which is fine. I wrote a practice book. You know, that's a totally legit way to feel confident about it. But the first one is like, you got to get it out of your head. Audience, purpose, goal, question-based outline. That's how you do that. The next author freak out is about three chapters in for me. Sometimes it's sooner, sometimes it's later. And you get in there and you're like, what am I doing? I have no idea where this is going. Sometimes people will write 100,000 words and they're like writing off into the sunset, but it has nothing to do with what they're supposed to be writing. Like they're just, they lose focus. And oftentimes they'll lose focus and something big will be happening in their life. They're moving, their business is needing more attention. Their kids are home from school for the summer. And they're like, well, I'm just going to put it away for a little while. I'm just going to put it away and it'll go on the back burner and I'll take it out again next week. Three years later, it's still sitting in the back burner. That is because they've lost focus on the audience purpose and goal. They've forgotten who the audience is. They've forgotten where they're trying to take people and they've forgotten what this book is going to do for them. One or all of those things. So I have people write it on an index card. What is the audience? What's the purpose? What's the goal? Paste it in front of your face so that you always are writing to that because your brain will take you off onto onto tangents and things. And that will just keep you stuck and can keep you stuck forever. The third author freak out is when you read your first draft and you're like, either you hate it or it's just confusing or you get really, you just every author, even the ones who've written 10 books, they'll be like, Oh, this is so underwhelming. I don't, I, I thought this would be better. And it really stinks to be a ghostwriter and have that, like, you know, that that author is going to be underwhelmed because you wrote what they gave you and they wanted it to be done. They think oh, the first draft is done. Yay. We just have to do a quick edit and then it'll be up on Amazon and everything will be great. No, that's not how it works. So you look at it from a different perspective. Like I said, you're going to see holes in your logic. You're going to see places where you need more illustrations and stories. You're going to see different orders. Like I've been teaching this backwards. The Russell Brunson is one of my clients and he noticed, he was like, holy crap, Julie, I've been teaching this whole system backwards for five years. I'm like, well, that's fascinating. Let's fix that. You know, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. So that's like, it's just so frustrating. And I want them to know that it's okay. You're supposed to have that. That's your journey. That's your turning point, becoming the next level entrepreneur, the next level teacher, the next level thought leader is when you're fine tuning things where you're seeing holes. The fourth author freak out is when you hand it off, you've done everything you can, you think it's perfect and you hand it off to an editor and it's really scary because someone else is finally looking at this product and you want them to love it and you want them to find nothing wrong with it, but you have flashbacks to high school where either you got, so some people had a hard time in high school English and they would always get red marks on their paper. Some of us, like I always got A's, but I, I hated if there was even one red mark. I was like, damn it. How did they find that? You know? So, so there's, there's just this nervousness. And so people will revise their book forever and never hand it off to an editor or a publisher because they're writing their book. They're writing their novel. Therefore, they're doing the thing and their perfectionism kicks in here. They don't ever want to hand it off. So at some point, you freaking have to hand it off. You have to let the professionals do their job. Then 
once you get over that hurdle, you're like, okay, well, they like it, but holy crap, the world is going to see it next. What if nobody likes it? What if nobody buys it? What if I'm embarrassed? In fr- this is really hard for business people because you are writing a book to be raising your position, putting your status higher in your industry, and you are going to be open to judgment from your peers. And that's terrifying. Everybody. I mean, even Oprah. It's just like, oh God, what if they don't like? And so you just have to be like, this is the book. This is the best one I could do. We edited it. It's been professionally published. I'm proud of this book. Really hope people like it. And as soon as you get the first few great reviews, it's fine. You're like, okay, fine. Then I can handle a bad review. That's no big deal. But but it's a freak out. And I've got really high level authors right now who are in that particular freak out. They're like, oh God, I hope people like it. And I'm like, it's a great book. People are going to love it. But they don't believe you until they see it themselves. So. So I think that's when probably the real kind of imposter syndrome kicks in and you really have to do that mindset work where it's like, okay, what's more important, the potential of like some person on the internet judging me for putting this out there or getting my message out to the potential people who are going to care about it and be converted and become customers and or whatever that end goal is that we talked about earlier. Right. And it's more than just that mindset. Imposter syndrome comes because you are highly competent. You are an expert. You have been doing this in your business for a very long time. But most people who actually do write books and do become these thought leaders, or even if, I mean, a locksmith is hardly a thought leader, but to some people they are. The problem is that there's a gap. And I didn't come up with this. This is my mentor, Sean D'Souza. There's a gap. And it could be also, I think maybe Seth Godin has said this. I don't know. Somebody else came up with this. I didn't invent it, but it's a brilliant description of, of imposter syndrome where you understand where you are. And that might be at a really high level compared to other people who are reading your book. But you also perceive where you will be, where you can be in a year, in two years, in five years, you're going to be so much better. And so there's this gap between where you are and where you know you will be or where your competitors are or where the last person who wrote a book like this is. So there's this gap and you're really nervous about that because what if people see that gap? What if people are like, well, she's not quite the expert she's going to be in five years. I Why is she writing a book now? Which is weird because they don't know that. It's That's all made up in your head, right? You are perceiving that you don't know enough. You don't know enough to be an expert or to write a book about your subject. So again, it says perspective shift. Rather than standing in one place where you are and looking forward into the future, And saying, God, I don't know enough. I need to learn more before I write a book. Or I need more testimonials. Or I need more results. You do need to have results. Like blowing smoke out your butt is not a great way to write a book. Lots of people do it. It's I don't recommend it. (laughs) But knowing where you are and then looking backwards at where you were and how you struggled to come to where you are, that's where your people are right now. Your people are in that backwards gap. And you can help them not go through the pain and anguish and struggle that you had to do to get to wherever you are. I love that. So concise, makes so much sense. And it's such an easy way to picture who you're talking to, right? If you can think of who you were and what you were struggling with five, three, however many years ago, it's such a simple way to think about who your audience is. Right. And where they are, they're in that gap behind you, not the gap in front of you. And people, who am I to write a book? That's imposter syndrome in one sentence, right? Who am I to do this? 
Think about a book that saved your life. Think about any book that for me, it was The Well-Fed Writer by Peter Bowerman. Like if he had never written that book, I might be a secretary. I don't know. I would be a completely different person because that book changed the course of my life. The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Mm -hmm. Listen to it like five times. Yes. (laughs) So let me ask you this, because I know that creating the content is really kind of one obviously big chunk and getting that book finished and edited and getting past all those five roadblocks. Then what? Like, how do you get it out into the world? So most business books, 99% of all books really should be self-published at this point in the world. Traditional publishers, agents, all of that stuff that you might read on the internet or have heard about from someone, those people are not going to touch your book unless you are famous, period. Because publishers have really razor thin margins. They make a couple of bucks a book. Maybe they need to know that your book is going to sell a whole lot of copies in order to make it worth even talking to you. If you have millions of followers who are highly engaged and, you know, a huge tribe of people and you need to be in bookstores because you are a mainstream celebrity, great. Get an agent. Do it that way. They will love to work with you. But be aware that they're going to take 90% of the profits and they are going to be in charge of all of it. They're going to tell you what cover you get to use. They're going to do their own edits and you may or may not get a choice. They're going to do what they're going to do. And by the way, you're still going to have to do all the marketing. So people have this weird perception that publishers are marketers and they're not. They might put out a press release. They might get you on a show or two, but more often than not, those published, those authors are severely underwhelmed by the amount of marketing support that they get. And it's like, oh, I'm doing all this work and they're taking 90% of the profits. What the heck? That's just the way it is. So self-publishing is amazing these days. It is so much better than it used to be. For the longest time, self-publishing was just a vanity project where you got a mediocre print job and you sent it to your friends and that was about it. But that is just not the case anymore. And this is a super long topic. If you guys want to dive into these kinds of topics, I have a school for all of this called the Nonfiction Book Academy and you can go dive into all of that, but you need a guide. You need a guide either in a person or a company or a course. We have a publishing masterclass where we will walk you through and there's weekly coaching to get you through all the processes. Publishing a book, it seems like, oh, I just get it into a PDF and upload it to Amazon and I'm published. Woohoo! No, <laughs> there's like 1,700 different steps that happen in between there. And any number of those steps can take you down the path to just having a really amateurish looking book because the presentation, everyone judges a book by their cover. I mean, that's just how it is, right? We all judge books by their covers got to have a really great cover. You've got to know that your cover is selling that book and you've got to know the back cover copy is sales copy. That has to be right. The spine has to be right. The interior design has to be right. So there's a lot of work that goes into it. It is totally doable, but having a guide is critical. You've got to have someone who knows what they're doing, who's done it before. Otherwise you're going to spend way too much money because it does cost money to get books designed and published. And you're going to end up with a book that you may not even know isn't good. (laughs) Fair enough. And I'm glad that you mentioned your resources because we'll make sure that we link those in the show notes as well so that listeners can go ahead and take advantage of your free masterclass and the resources that you have to help answer their questions and get them to that end goal of having self-published beautiful book. So 
Now I need to ask you, what is the one action that listeners can take today to get themselves that much closer to having published a book? They need to decide they're going to do it. And they need to decide they're going to do it right, which means they're not going to go search for the fastest book in a day, book in an hour. I literally had someone ask me, so how can I get my book published in two days? Have you started writing it yet? Like, what the heck? And then he was completely serious. Entrepreneurs have these, especially digital entrepreneurs have this warped sense of time and and warped sense of quality, quite frankly. They almost all, uh, not almost all of them, a lot of them feel like I just have to put something up and that's good enough. And I personally, especially with books, I'm like, books are permanent. Like people are going to find that 10 years down the road somehow. And you're going to be like, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. You just need to make a decision and have that perspective shift. Understand that it's not as big a task as you might be thinking it is. You do have the time. I don't have time is an excuse. I don't know how is an excuse because I, I teach people like how to go through all of this stuff. It's not rocket science. You know your stuff. You just have to decide deep down, I'm worth it. I can have this and I know enough and I just need to have a little bit of help getting it out there. And if you really and truly, there are some people, I used to think everybody was a good writer. Some people just aren't. Some people know I cannot write. And that's okay. You find someone who can help you. Just because you have a ghostwriter does not mean you're not an author because it's your content. And that writer's job is to take your inspiration, your education, your sales, put it into a product that is going to do the job in your voice as if you wrote it yourself. And you will be intimately, if it's a good ghostwriter, you'll be intimately involved with that project and it will still take some time, but you won't have to do the actual writing. So there's always a way around those objections. So what is a reasonable amount of time that a person could expect this process to take from beginning to end? Define end. (laughs) Um, It's on Amazon. All right. So if it's on Amazon, so we do it and we have a staff. We do the writing, the editing, the design work, the proofreading. Sometimes there's indexing. It can take six to eight, sometimes 12 months if you are on top of it and continuing to work every single day. Okay. It takes time. Doing, writing the rough draft is the hardest part. And getting, you know, as long as you have someone guiding you through and make sure you don't get stuck at those five spots because those can take you out for the entire rest of your life. Writing the first draft can be anywhere from the fastest one I've had go through my program was 22 days. The average is like three months. That's about right. Because people have jobs, they have businesses to run, they have families to take care of. It's not like you're going to be sitting down and writing eight hours a day. But there's a simple formula you can use. If you know how fast you write and you can just write a blog post or write a letter to something that's easy to come out of your head and type it out and see how fast you write for an hour. If you can write a thousand words an hour, a typical 200 page, like standard size business book that doesn't feel cheap and too short is about 50,000 words. If you write a thousand words a day, that's 50 days. And we have trackers and things like that where you can literally keep track and, and get those dopamine hits where it's like, yes, I'm a little closer. I'm a little closer. You know, and if you only write 500 words an hour, that's fine. Who cares if it takes you twice as long? If it takes you 100 days, that's a little over three months. That's better than three years or 30 years. It's just a matter of deciding you're going to do it using a question-based outline because that will change your life using that. Change your life. 
it already got me excited. So <laughs> on that note, I just want to thank you so much, Julie, for coming on the show today to share all of this with me. I'm feeling super inspired myself. So Good. who knows, maybe in a few years, I'll have something there. But in the meantime, I hope that listeners are left feeling inspired as well. And again, we're going to include all the ways to contact you in the show notes. I'm so grateful that you came on the show today. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome, Kelly. And listen, I love to connect with people. So if you connect with me, especially on LinkedIn, just shoot me a message and say, hey, I heard you on Kelly's show. And I'd love to talk to people about their books. So Amazing. We'll include your LinkedIn profile there too. Thank you so much, Julie. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Isn't Julie Ann fascinating? Her passion certainly translates, and there is something to be said about a person who is devoted to helping others achieve their biggest dreams and goals in their own lives and in their own businesses. I mean, Julie is top notch. I loved hearing about the difference between self-publishing and having a publisher, and the fact that writing a purpose-driven book should really come from the outside in. And just think about where you could be one year from now if you gave yourself just a few hours every week to work toward writing your own book. And now my ask from you is this, go look Julie up online, check out the books she's published herself and all of her free resources that she has on the market for getting you that much closer to adding published author to your resume. Visit the show notes at kellylawson.ca slash 038 to find all of that. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Workshop Weekly Podcast. And hey, if you like the show, a review on iTunes goes a long, long way. Till next week, my friend. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.